This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and you're listening to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to your bonus edition of the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald joined by our football analyst, Brian Hanley. And uh, the misfortune of earlier this season of not having my podcast equipment working correctly, the road equipment I have has turned into a benefit for all of us, including Brian Hanley, who doesn't have to worry about talking to me on a Saturday night after a K-State football road game uh, because uh, I've been doing it with other guys and it's worked out great because everyone gets an extra podcast and the Caddyshack Golf folks get an extra read or two. It's really worked out well for them because it's Caddyshack Golfware, our sponsor. It's Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing, willy, apparel, accessories, and more. Use code GPC on free shipping on your next order. Brian Hanley, did you expect the first half of that game to turn into a shootout? Because I never had that on my radar. No, absolutely not. Uh, I even tweeted out. I was like, boy, I wonder who took the over on this game because they basically hit it the first half. Yeah, me neither. It was crazy. Um, It was just fireworks, right? Just right and left, right and left. And I know we'll get into it, but absolutely no. I did not expect it. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. What took place in the first half of that game was insane. There's no other way to describe it. I... Uh, once K-State scored the quick two touchdowns, I thought, oh, here we go. Now, it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be, you know, we're going to watch West Virginia fold it up for the season. They're kind of done with Neil Brown. The crowd was shockingly small. Granted, it was cold, but <clears throat> it's not like folks in West Virginia aren't used to the cold. So that probably wasn't it. Maybe it was partly because it's leading into the Thanksgiving week and students were gone. I don't know. And it just it, there wasn't many people in the lower bowl where the non-students sit. So. Um, it, was right. a, it was a strange game, but I will give West Virginia all the credit for this. They fought. They fought like hell, particularly in the first half. Things slowed down on them in the second half. And as I said in my postgame walk and talk, Brian, I never felt like K-State was in peril. I felt like no matter what West Virginia did on offense, K-State would answer. And that's pretty much what happened is K-State took the halftime lead. 41-25. I mean, it was insane. It was nuts. But just give me your overall thoughts now as we get rolling here with how you thought K-State performed in this game. Well, I mean, it's kind of what you said. We got out to the two quick touchdowns, and I think that while we thought, okay, West Virginia is just going to roll over, I think the guy thought that too. That's on defense. I think they thought, okay, this one's, this one's over. They've quit. Uh, and they did not. And I was a little ashamed of them because there's no reason for, for West Virginia to be able to move the ball, score that many points on our defense like they did in that first half, that, especially in the first quarter. 
That was that was terrible. And I was just and I was saying to myself, man, this is a bad, bad look, a bad effort. And it's a game to where if our offense isn't clicking, West Virginia may end up taking the lead at halftime or may even win the game. And I'm thinking, come on, guys, let's figure this thing out. Uh, and they did. They did. Um, you know, for the most part, you know, they they, they settled in and, and played a lot better. But that first half was a bad half on the defensive side of the ball. It really was. And, you know, you played football. You know this, that sometimes games go in a direction you didn't imagine. Sometimes it turns into a shootout, even if you've got a really good defense. But my fear with what I saw in the first half is Kobe Savage's absence is impossible yeah. for them to resolve because he plays so aggressively coming up on the run, which hurt K-State, while still maintaining his pass coverage skills, which are really good also, which also hurt K-State because you saw Josh Hayes, who's having an all-Big 12 type of season until Saturday, uh, get torched a few times when he lost the ball in coverage deep. Um, so... I don't know if it was the safety play in, in all, but I just thought the team, as Coach Kleiman said, didn't tackle well. I don't think they were aggressive. And honestly, I think once they got up 14 nothing, the defense relaxed and thought, we got this thing. And then West Virginia built up a whole bunch of confidence. But as you watched K-State defensively, what did you think went most wrong for the Wildcats? I think Coach is right. They didn't tackle uh, and I don't think they were really focused, to be honest with you. It doesn't look like the, the defense was ready to play football. Uh, they, we got the lead, and it just looked like we're going to go through the motions. They're not going to be able to do anything because of our ability versus the will and making them not, you know, not be able to move the football and enforcing our will. I think they just thought we'll just roll out here. And they'll just fold. And that did not happen. It didn't happen. I just don't think the defense was ready to play. And maybe tackling was part of it. But, it, it, again, that goes into you're not ready to play football if your tackling's not there. Yeah, that's exactly right. Will Howard gets the start for the K-State offense. Um, again, he looks good. Maybe the worst of his performances so far this season. He threw a bad interception. And he came right back and responded with a scoring drive. Now, I almost take um, um, something positive out of that interception. It happened in a position where K-State could overcome it, make up for it. He got it out of the way with a really bad pass. As his teammates and Deuce Vaughn said specifically, this guy takes chances. He rolls the dice. He, he tries to put the ball in tight spaces and make plays, and that's just going to happen. That's the price of doing business right there. If you want to take chances, you got to live with that. If you don't want to take chances, you got to live with how Adrian Martinez plays quarterback. And K-State overcame that. But more importantly, Brian, Will Howard overcame it. He just shrugged it off and went back to business. And I don't know that that's what he would have been able to do a year ago. Uh, just to be quite frankly, I don't think he's able to, to overcome that. I think he would have just went into the shell and not played good football. But literally the next drive, he came right back. I mean... Again, I can't sing enough of the kids' praises for the transformation that he has made from one year to the next. I don't even count his first year because that wasn't fair. But just the transformation that he's made from last year to this year is incredible. And they always say you make those big jumps between your first and second year. It's like I said, you, we can't count that first year. That was just a debacle for everybody involved. But he just, he just made a gigantic leap. He did. He's a different quarterback. Um, and you're right. And the kids are right. He takes chances and you got to be willing to live with those chances. Now, 
I would prefer those chances being down the field with an interception than versus that interception that he threw because that was awful. Having said that, I mean, we're going to win a lot of football games if he's going to play and take the chances that he's that he's taking and the way he's playing right now. You know, you you mentioned the interception and how bad it was. One of the things I really appreciate about how Will Howard is playing quarterback is he's willing to get rid of the ball. He's willing to say, yeah. nope, nope, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to throw it away. Um, and let's go to the next down. Let's go ahead and punt. Whatever it needs to be done, it's better than putting this ball out there where I'm not confident in it. He didn't do that on this play. He got he went through his progressions, kind of got to his last point on the field and tried to put the ball in on the run. It was just a bad throw, a bad decision, and he completely owned it after the game. He said, you know, I need to throw that ball away. I even, again, feel like that was such a great learning opportunity for him. Um, he, he He's not flawless. It's easy when you are making that many big plays to think you're going to make every big play. So this was probably a reminder. You still got to pay attention to details. And once in a while, punting or going on to the next down is a much better decision. And it's part of the the learning process, but just got to understand when to throw the football away and when, you know, to try to make another play. So he's still learning. Yes, he is. Um, The running back situation, Deuce Vaughn gets loose early in the game for a 15-yard touchdown. Um, You're speaking of bad defense, West Virginia on that one. They were pretty decent at times, particularly against the run, but nobody was in the neighborhood of Deuce Vaughn. It looked like someone got well out of their gap. They didn't have any outside contain. Um, Cade Warner ran his corner off into the back of the end zone laughing at him because he knew it was happening. Um, But... Deuce ended up with only 67 yards on 22 carries, so uh, he ends up with the other 21 carries amassed 52 yards. That's not very good for him, but D.J. Giddens comes in 12 carries, 78 yards. He did have a long of 49. That was a really nice run. I was uh, I was concerned about the inability of this team to run the ball on West Virginia, even knowing the strength of West Virginia is that defensive front. Brian, your former offensive lineman, did this line play poorly in this game? I think so. I mean, they didn't come off with the, uh, they just didn't play physical, you know, they they didn't play physical. And if you're not going to play physical, you're going to have trouble in big 12 football. That's just the way that it works in big time football. You got to play physical. So they didn't do that. Now uh, give credit to West Virginia. That front is good. It just is. It's it's good. So you got to give them some credit. I don't want to say the guys played horrible or make it sound like they played horrible. They just didn't play good. You know, they played average. Uh, and it kind of seemed like they were kind of going through the motions to get the game over. Okay, we're this is what we're going to do. They're going to stack a lot of guys up here, not let us run it. So we'll pass block and we'll just get out of the game, which is literally what it seemed like. And for the most part, that's kind of how it went. Um, so I don't, I don't think they played horrible. They definitely didn't play great. I think they just probably played average. I agree with all of that. I, I was really distressed with their pass protection, even though, uh, Will Howard was only officially sacked once he was uncomfortable. He had to move around quite a bit. He didn't have a clean pocket very much. And again, yeah. out of that negative, I take a positive. Well, he saw that because I think he'll see that against TCU if they advance to the big 12 title. Um, I thought Will Howard, considering the operating time he had or lack thereof, did a nice job in this game of finding a way to get rid of the ball, move around, do what a good quarterback needs to do to keep a play alive and make a play, and he did that repeatedly. Again, it's part of the the maturation process for Will. 
you know, finding a way to move around and get rid of the football. You know, you don't have to go out there and run for a hundred yards as a quarterback, just do enough to get out of harm's way and either get a completion or get rid of the football and get to the next play. And that's part of quarterback play. It just is. And you're seeing it right before our eyes. And I keep saying it and I'll continue to say it. The kid is just making strides each and every game. And this is another stride where you go from, okay, I got to get rid of the football. Come hell or high water, I'm going to throw this football, whether it's to our guys or to just get rid of it. And that's what you have to do as a quarterback. You just can't take sacks in this high-level football because if you do, you're putting your team behind the eight ball and it's a problem. Now, granted, it's not all on the quarterback, but it is on the quarterback. Got to get rid of the football. And I also feel like Kansas State has a mini Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes thing going on, a college version of Will Howard now with his <laughs> tight end, Ben Sennett, finding great comfort uh, knowing Sennett's out there because he makes almost every catch that he can get his hands on. And he, he and Will had another incredible play on a touchdown pass. It was a broken place, and it had to work his way back to the other side of the field where Howard was scrambling. Will Howard probably could have run it in, but he has so much faith in that tight end. Senate said after the game they locked eyes, and he knew the ball was coming, and it came on a beeline, and Ben Senate pulled it in in tight coverage. These two are pretty damn good together. It's, it's pretty entertaining. They are. I want to see more of it. I do too. I want to see more of it, man. I mean, the more that we can use him, the better off we will be. I know me and you have been calling for it for three years since we've been starting doing this together. We've been asking, throw the ball to the tight end. Well, Dagnabbit, they are throwing the ball to the tight end. So it's a great thing to see, man. Uh, and he said he makes every single catch. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. I mean, they're throwing him the ball. He's just making these incredible catches and making it look easy. It's crazy how good and, and the sneaky athletic that he is. And that's maybe what nobody talks about is how athletic he is. Because you can't make those kinds of catches without being ultra athletic. Not just uh, he's, he's a little bit of an athlete. No, 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 no. You have to be ultra-athletic to be able to make the types of catches down the field that he's making. Senate had three catches for 85 yards in the touchdown, as I just noted. His sidekick at tight end, Sammy Wheeler, had two catches for 44 yards. So that's five receptions for 129 yards total from the tight end spot. My God, it's, this is love football. It. This This is football. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just I love throwing to the tight end because, you know, particularly at the college level, at the NFL level, an elite guy like Kelsey causes matchup problems. But other tight ends you can handle with a safety. I feel like Correct. college safeties against Ben Sennett in particular with as physical as he plays are really overmatched. And I think that shows up. But it's not like you can put a corner on him because you still got Deuce Vaughn to worry about. And you got a guy named Malik Knowles who has been – He's underperforming throughout his career and not all because of his fault. A lot of it was play calling and quarterback play. Now Will Howard is feeding him. He targeted him seven times a team high with six receptions, a team high for 11 and hundred yards, 111 yards, a team high. He had a touchdown and of course a team high 77 yards after completion. 
My God, Malik Knowles was really good. He should have had two touchdowns because he got absolutely robbed by a bad spot that that couldn't be overturned on replay. It, it, I think they could have actually, but they it wasn't definitive enough. But boy, Malik is coming into his own, and that bodes well for Kansas State. When given the opportunity, the kid is stepping up and playing football. I know me. You, a lot of people, have been on him about underperforming over the years, but a lot of times he just wasn't given the opportunity. Once given the opportunity, now he's also gotten better. Yeah. You know, let's not just say that he hadn't gotten better either. The kid has gotten better. But given the opportunity, he is performing. And it is just, it, it, we're a different team. When he plays well and up to his capabilities, we are a different team football team you can stack that box if you want to and stop deuce fine we'll throw it over your head and if you're willing to live with us throwing over your head we're going to keep throwing it over your head and we're going to keep doing it and that's a problem it's it's just a problem for the teams that k-state's going to face down the stretch for ku and and if we get into the title game great it's going to be a problem because the bottom line is K-State is just a better football team when Malik Knowles is getting his opportunities. Because like I said before, he has he's taken upon himself to get better. And that's all you can ask for a kid to do. Hey, hey, here's what we see. Yeah, you haven't gotten the opportunities, but even when you have, you haven't been great. So we need you to do this. He's done it, and I love it. I love it for him. Here's a stat that I just haven't seen through the years at Kansas State because so much of how Bill Snyder designed his passing game in his second go-around as head coach was go there, catch ball, get tackled. Um, And this just absolutely amazes me. Of the 19 completions by Will Howard, he was 19-27 to with that one interception and two touchdowns. He threw for 294 yards and 131 of it, almost half about, I don't know. I don't have to calculate it here. 40, 45% of it was after the catch. So Will Howard is executing plays designed by Colin Klein that put receivers in a position to make a play after the catch. And it is so radically different than what I'm accustomed to seeing and absolutely wonderful because these guys are cashing it in on a day when they only averaged 3.4 yards per carry. The receivers averaged more yards after the catch. And that tells me you probably didn't throw it enough, but they also knew they didn't want to put the ball out there where it could get picked off again. But that is a really promising stat for Kansas state going forward. It is. And here's the thing, Fit. You can't play football that way anymore. What what you have to understand, not you, just people in general, is the way college football is played now, you can have three and four wide receivers that are going to be way better than the third and fourth defensive back that any team puts on the field. I don't care what school you're at. You just have to get them the ball in space. And that's what K-State is doing now. That's what you have to do now in college football. Get your athletes the ball in space and let them go create. That's what we're doing. You can't just, okay, I'm going to throw to this spot. The guy's going to be there and get tackled. You know, you can't win that way anymore. Yeah, I mean, I take that back. It's not that you can't win. That's just not the best way to win. You got to be able to, hey, I'm going to get him the ball as soon as possible and make something happen. Because, again, our third receiver is going to be better than somebody's third defensive back or fourth defensive back. 
That's just the way the, the numbers work with transfer portal and all these things going on. That's the way that college football just works these days. Other programs have figured that out. And not to say that we haven't, I don't know that we necessarily had the, the capabilities to do that. Now we have the capabilities to do that, and it looks great. I love it. You're listening to the bonus edition of the Powercat postgame podcast with Tim Fitzgerald, myself, and Brian Hanley. And we'll take a short break here as we shift our attention over to two topics that we still need to discuss. The remarkable play of Brendan Mott at defensive end. Despite the struggles of the defense, he was marvelous. And, of course, the future for Kansas State football this season alone with Kansas coming up Saturday and maybe the Big 12 championship game and a Sugar Bowl awaiting the Cats. We'll be right back. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, the leaders in K-State sports coverage. We'll be right back with more of the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Kansas State's Felix and Yudike Uzama. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast, the bonus edition. You got them almost every week of a road game. I think we did one every week of the road game. K-State finishes the season 4-1 and one on the road. That's incredible, too, but not as incredible as... Caddyshack Golf. For K-Staters, by K-Staters, jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, golf accessories, Caddyshack Golf wear, Caddy with two T's, visit CaddyshackGolf.com. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. I can't talk. I'm so excited about what lies ahead for Kansas State. But before we move on, Defensive Player of the Week of the conference was Brendan Mott with three sacks. He led the Cats with, what, eight tackles or something. He was really good, particularly in the second half, chasing down a very mobile quarterback from West Virginia, Garrett Green. Brendan Mott's turned into a pretty damn good football player. Now, a couple weeks ago against Texas, completely physically overmatched. That's going to happen until he gets more physically mature because he is still a young guy, still filling it out. Like Ben Sennett, I mentioned this on the other podcast, that uh, he looks like a man on the field and he walks into postgame and you go, oh, that's a kid. I mean, he's 19. He's a young guy. He looks like it with a baby face. But Brendan Mott's turned into a damn good defensive end, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Um, like you said, things are going to change for him once the the physical nature and his body feels out a little bit more. Um, so things, what happened to him against Texas won't happen. But you know what? He's got everything. He's got the motor. And when you have the motor at that position, that's 75% of the battle. And everything else will come. If he puts on the weight, puts on the muscle, 
Uh, I think we've got a football player in, in Fitz. I, I really do. I love watching him play. I talked to my friend Darren Howard, K-State legend, and, you know, we kind of back and forth watching the game on the phone with each other. He loves them. So I think we got something going on here. Yep, I would trust Darren's opinion on a rush end. I think he he's pretty good at it himself. <laughs> also, special teams were really good for Kansas State. Ties in their punting and field goals was uh, absolutely incredible throughout this contest. I mean, he had one punt for 56 yards, and it was fabulous. But he hit two field goals, right. 46 and 53. His kickoffs were all pretty much buried in the end zone. Other, otherwise, uh, Malik Knowles had an incredible three for 98 yards on kickoff returns. They kept kicking yep. the ball to him. I'm like, what are you doing? Because every <laughs> one of them, he was just like one guy away from breaking it. They played with yep. fire. They kind of got away with it. But, boy, it was good to see special teams stabilized and kind of back to making the kind of plays they need to make to help K-State win. Yeah. And we're going to need that down the stretch here. I mean, we haven't had a return in a while. Um, I, I feel one coming this coming up week. I, that's just a feeling that I got. Yeah. But it, it's absolutely great to see us again, kind of what you said, get it stabilized, get it to a streak to where something that we can rely on, because I, I believe that's something that we just, we take it for granted a lot of times that it's going to be there. And at times this season, it hasn't been, and it's really good to see it back because we're going to need it. Well, you walked me right into the next topic, which is, of course, Saturday's game with Kansas. We'll have the pregame podcast later in the week. It'll be up for your Thanksgiving delight in case, you know, you stay awake for like an hour after Turkey and you don't want to watch <laughs> NFL. You can listen to the Powercat pregame podcast leading into K-State and KU at Bill Snyder Family Stadium on Saturday, 7 p.m. kickoff. It's going to be shown nationally on Fox. First, let me get your thoughts on that. Not only is this a primetime night game, it's going to be a little chilly, but it's nationally televised. That is one of the most significant things to happen in this football series in a long time. And as good as K-State's been, we got to thank Kansas. Kansas elevated its play to the point where it's not embarrassing, it's competitive, it's entertaining, and they're now going to be bowl eligible. They're planning to improve their bowl standing. But this game has some significance, and just give me your thoughts on it being in primetime national television. Well, I have said it for years, Fitz, is that it is not our job to make this a rivalry. I said the same thing about basketball with yep. K-State. It's K-State's job to make the basketball a rivalry. It was KU's job to make the football a rivalry. Okay? And they've done it. You know? Uh, yeah, well, let me take a step back. Let, let me take a step back here. I don't know that they've, they've made the game a little bit more desirable to watch at this point in time, which is fine. Which is fine. Like I said, if, if that's the case, I think that's a great thing. Having said that, I, I love that K-State – and the KU game is where it is. Um, I mean, 13 years in a row and just beating the brakes off of them is great as a K-State fan, but as a football fan, you want to see the games be a little bit more competitive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know it's your rival, and I know you want to beat your rival, and you want to smash them, but to just continuously just bury them. And the, most of the games haven't even been close. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And now – that it's got some meaning on prime time. You know, I, I, I love it. I, I really do love it. I love it for obviously the state of Kansas, but for the state of Kansas state football, this is a really, really big deal in my opinion. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. 
Kansas gets Jalen Daniels back this past week. I thought it would vastly improve them. It did the opposite, amazingly enough. He was almost completely ineffective against Texas. Texas decided to put their big boy pants on and play football again, winning 55-14. to 14. But Jalen Daniels comes back from that shoulder injury, and he looked like a guy that didn't want to get hurt, didn't want to do anything yep. that would put him out of the game for the rest of the season or the bowl game or whatever it was, man, I tell you what, if you're injured and you come back and you're not ready to put it all out there, don't come back. And that was a perfect example of it. He cannot play cautious. He is a runner and a gambler with throwing, and he puts his head down and runs through guys, and he's willing to take hits. If you take all that away, He's a very subpar quarterback, and you might as well leave Jason Bean out there. Um, But he is scary. He does offer issues for any defense. And if Kansas wants to have a prayer on Saturday, he's going to have to be awake at the start of the game because he wasn't on Saturday against Texas. No, and you're exactly right. If you're hurt, be hurt and stay out. Because if not, you're only hurting your team, and he did that. Um, but I also think the Kansas coaches are going to see that and either explain to him, hey, either you're going to put it all on the line and play yep. or we're not going to play you. Uh, and the backup isn't horrid. You know, it'd be one thing if he was just a horrible backup. He's not. So I think either way, and I think that's what the Kansas coaches are going to explain to Daniels is, look, if you can't go and give us what we expect, then you're just not going to be out there. And I think they'll prepare that way this week. So If I'm K-State, I'm looking for the best quarterback out there. Not that, you know, we expect anything different, but I would just be prepared for that because I don't think – I think Kansas wants to win this game, obviously. They want to win every game, but they want to beat us. They do. They want to wreck us from going to the Big 12 championship game. They're going to put their best foot forward. So we're going to see their best effort, in my opinion. Um, so guys got to be ready. And like I said, if Daniels, I, I just think the Kansas coaches, they're, they got a decent staff over there. They know what they're doing uh, to be able to get this kind of effort out of what they have talent wise. They got something going on over there. So they're going to let the, the guy know if you can't go, you can't go. We got to go a different direction. If you are going to go, we need to see more. Yeah. So K-State just needs to be prepared for that. Yeah. We'll get into all of this and more. With the pregame podcast, it'll be released Thursday morning at Go Powercat. It drops around midnight on your uh, favorite podcast provider network, and one of the topics we'll talk about. But I did want to mention this because it's so awful. I, I can't wrap my mind around it. KU gave up 427 yards of rushing on Saturday to Texas. You didn't. Need, you don't need to tell anyone around here about B. John Robinson being good. He went. Whew. For 243 yards, 25 carries. He averaged 9.7 yards a a carry in this game. Jonathan Brooks came in, 11 carries, 108 yards. Roshan Johnson, who I love, was held to seven for 34. That's still five. It sounds like they did a good job on him (laughs) comparison, but they still give it five yards a carry. Wow. Wow. That'll, I got to watch film on that. I got to figure out what exactly they did wrong because I know B. John Robbins is good. He clowned K-State in the first half, but 400 and some yards off rushing. And what's amazing, they've given up more rushing yards in a game in 2014. So less than 10 years ago, they did worse. That stat alone tells you what KU football has been about. That's awful. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's incredible. Okay, Brian, let's let's take a step ahead. We're not the players. We can do that. K-State wins on Saturday or they they lose, which I don't think will happen. And Texas loses to Baylor. K-State will still advance to the Big 12 championship in that scenario too. A win and they're in and a little help with Texas and they're in no matter what. It looks like, and I just did a daily delivery for this morning on this, if K-State gets to the championship game, they're going to the Sugar Bowl. They will either lose to an unbeaten TCU if they beat Iowa State on Saturday and TCU advances to the college football playoff, opening up the Big 12 spot in the Sugar Bowl or K-State is the Big 12 champion by beating TCU and gets the Sugar Bowl spot. That would be very cool. This program has never quite gotten over the hump with that. Their Fiesta Bowl trips are one thing, but going to a bowl like the Sugar Bowl, I'm all in, man. That would be pretty fantastic and a great sign of a season that is well executed despite a few hiccups by this coaching staff. Yeah, if if K-State wins and they go to the Sugar Bowl, it would be a gigantic leap for this program. I don't want anybody to underestimate what a big deal that is. Now, look, we've been to the Fiesta Bowl a few times, but in around the country and the, the college atmosphere, the college, should I say, I don't know, the prestige of college football, the Cotton Bowl is a bigger game than the Fiesta Bowl. And we went to the Cotton Bowl. Even when the Cotton Bowl wasn't part of the Bowl Alliance, the Cotton Bowl is a bigger game than the Fiesta Bowl. The Sugar Bowl tops that. Yeah. And I'm just telling people, K-State goes to the Sugar Bowl, you get looked upon as a program in a different light. You just do. And so this game is extremely important. We've got to be able to get there. I'm just telling you, the leaps and bounds and your perception nationwide goes way up by going to the Sugar Bowl. It just does. I know you know that. I know a lot of people may or may not understand that. But trust me when I say this, I grew up in a different part of the country. When you go to the Sugar Bowl, it's a different deal, man. It just is. Yep. Might see LSU just like they did last year. This won't be watered down, LSU. This will be the full-on Tigers who are having a really good season. Might see Tennessee. Might see Alabama. It doesn't matter which one of those SEC names you see. Those are big brands. It's easy for the, the talking monkeys in the media. That sometimes it's me um, the, to write off the teams K State beats, but those teams, even without a quarterback or some key players, come on, man. I mean, you look down yeah. on K State that much, you shouldn't get upset. You shouldn't use it as an excuse when they're not playing a team full rostered up for a bowl game. I'll have a lot more on this. I did. I did the daily delivery on it, and uh, I have some really entertaining thoughts about my personal dream of uh, K-State fans on Bourbon Street that I've held for (laughs) more than 20 years now. It is a spectacle I have long wanted, and it's so close, Brian. It's so close. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you. I know, look, in 97, we went to the Fiesta Bowl, and it seemed like the entire state of Kansas went. Yep. If we can go a place closer, the Sugar Bowl, that's a lot more. Hey, New Orleans is a lot more fun than Phoenix. It just is. If we can go to the Sugar Bowl, I don't even, I can't imagine what it's going to look like, Fitz. I I really can't. Because number one, I'm going to be there. And so I just cannot imagine what it's going to look like with K-State, all that purple, 
in Bourbon Street. It's going to be incredible. This, But I don't want to overlook this game. That's why this game is so important. It's just so important. I'm glad it's against a rival, too. Because if it wasn't, that's a different deal. Sometimes guys get up and down, whatever. But it's not. It's against Kansas, man. I love it. I just love the position that we are in. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's going to be fun if it takes place. Of course, the Sugar Bowl this year isn't on January 1st. That is a NFL Sunday. So all of these games will be held on Saturday, uh, December 31st. And um, the Sugar Bowl is slated. Let me find it here. Oh, it doesn't have it on this story. I'm not sure what the kickoff time is. But uh, look, you could do a lot worse than New Year's Eve on Bourbon Street. I'm just saying. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I know your neighbor's house might be fun for New Year's Eve and you don't have to drive. Maybe you like to go to... Kansas City or Wichita, you know, the big city for your New Year's Eve, or maybe you like to just hide in the basement with your dogs like someone I'm not going to mention <clears throat> might, be, <laughs> might be me for New Year's Eve because New Year's Eve's rookie night. Uh, you know what? I, yeah. it's, it's like a graduation or St. Yeah. Patrick's Day. It, all the rookies go out and, and try to perform like all-stars, and they're just not capable, Brian. They can't live up to our That's standards. Right. They can't live up to our <laughs> standards, so I'll get into all that with the daily delivery, and we'll get into all that we need to talk about with KUK State on the pregame podcast as Mr. Brian Hanley joins us for that. Brian, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. That'll do it for this edition of the PowerCat Postgame bod- Podcast as the bonus edition. I call it a podcast because it's the bonus podcast. I just made up a word, Brian. I can't help the brilliance. It just comes out. From the golf course to the tailgate, show your purple pride all week long at Caddyshack Golf. Caddy with two T's. That is it. I'm Fitz. And for Brian, we will talk to you really soon. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.